Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Is that Todd? G'day, Different Times podcast listeners. Welcome to another point five episode of the Different Times podcast with me, your host today. I'm not really a host because I'm just introducing and outroducing, not doing anything special. You know, there's nothing special except to say there's a pretty special interview coming up. It is from my archives. So this one is with vocalist Todd Latour. He is now the vocalist in Queensryche and has been for three albums on the trot uh, ever since Jeff Tate uh, went and did one, went and did one to the crowd and then the band went, you can go do one and then he did one and then he tried to do a Queensryche one and then he lost in court and then it was all very, very sad but it's all a matter of public record now if you're interested in all the, the lawsuit stuff and all the who's got the right to the band name, it's a really interesting story. If you're a fan of Queensryche, uh, it, it's uh, an incredibly incredibly sad time, I guess, for the, those involved, but an incredibly interesting time for the band. And it sort of re revitalised uh, the general rock press's interest in the band. Uh, and that's when I got the offer of the interview. So, yeah, Todd Latour. Um, he was also a vocalist in Crimson Glory, who were the third band I ever saw. So that's uh, an interesting little fact for you. Uh, I think this was around summer 2013 when I got the interview, and that was around the release of their the first album with him, as I said. It was called Queensryche. Now, Many, many years ago, they released an EP called Queensryche. Don't mistake it with that. This album, I think, is way better than that. Since it's released, because I'm quite the classic rock type of fan, I like a little bit of prog, but mainly it's classic rock where I want to be digging with my Queensryche. And, uh, yeah, so I've listened to it quite a lot. This new album's come out uh, just a couple of months back now. It's called The Verdict, and... If you were ever a Queensryche fan back in the day, but because of all that lawsuit stuff, you were like, mm, not really keen on this. You're missing a treat. Get yourself back into it. Head into that Queensryche album. There's another one after it. And then you've got the verdict. And I don't know. I, I think you're going to be very happy that you did. They're going to be playing Bloodstock this summer as well. What's not to like? So with little more to do, let's have a little listen to this. Me chatting with Toddler Tour. Thank you so much to Penny Black Music for sorting it out. And that is it, man. Enjoy my chat. Let's do it. <laughs> right on. Okay, okay. First of all, I'd like to... Uh ask about the uh, this, this new record that's come out i've heard it and i love it and um i just want to know why why is it called queensryche uh, just like that original ep why is that well when we when we first um were talking about 
what to call the album. You know, we, we had some tentative ideas and some names. And then finally, you know, we talked among the band and our, our management and our, our publicist who's a good friend of ours. And, you know, we just said, what if we just call it Queensryche? Just make a very simple but bold statement. Um, you know, no, no gimmicky artwork, no slogans, none of this kind of stuff on this record. Let's just call it Queensryche with a, with a big-ass trireich right on the front. <laughs> and uh, this is who we are. And just make a statement that this is it. And so that's what we did. And so far, I think it's, you know, I think that's pretty much been, uh, it's been received the, the way that we intended it, you know, to be received. So um, I don't really have any any complaints. I'm not hearing any complaints from anyone. You know, I think um, it's been, you know, these guys feel like this is a rebirth for them. And <clears throat> the EP, the self-titled EP was their beginning, and they feel like this is a new beginning for them. So uh, that's why we called it Queensryche, man, just... Very simple and to the point. Well, you know, that's what I, I think too. I think um, I haven't actually listened to the band since um, I think 1990, just before Empire, okay. and um, and uh, recently um, have got into you from this album. I don't know. I, I sort of drifted out, um, and I, I didn't really. The thing that always got me was I, I wasn't such a, a fan of Jeff's voice, and I know it's a sacrilege to say that if you're a Queenswick fan, but. But there you go. So it's sort of, for me personally, just the most fantastic thing. Thought I'd give it another go, and would you believe it? It's just amazing. Wow. Yeah. That's a huge compliment. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, you know, a lot of... Um, I, I lost interest in the band after Empire. Um, I think Promised Land is a really great record, by the way. So... You know, I just, uh, I, I lost interest in it. the musical direction that the band was going was not something that was very appealing to me. And um, so I, I understand, you know, a lot of people started to, to kind of drop uh, off the radar for them. And uh, now, you know, um, with this album, it's definitely something that sounds completely different from what the band has put out in the last 10 years, if not more. And, you know, the people that have a copy of the record um, are, are really kind of saying, wow, you know, this could have very well come after Empire, or, um, you know, I'm hearing a little bit of, of the first five or six albums of, of style um, on this record. It kind of maybe encompassed the EP of The Promised Land. You know, songs like Spore are, are a little more progressive and uh, vocally it might have been an, an older, you know, could have gone on one of those earlier records perhaps. For sure. Yeah, no, I can see that. You know, then you have a song like um, A World Without or Open Road, which uh, maybe was a Promised Land or Empire-ish type song. So... You know, I'm, I'm really proud of this record. It's, you know, is it... Are we trying to compare it to Mindcrime or Empire? No. Look, those records were, were phenomenal. Rage for Order. Those are, those are masterpiece records that deserve 
bit of credit they've ever gotten and more. And they were able to capture magic for those days. And so what we're trying to do now is, is, is create our own new magic in 2013. And so we're already writing songs for the next record. I mean, I was playing tracking guitar parts for a new song that I, uh, idea that I have uh, last night. Um, and I'll be doing that again tonight. Wow, so that, I take it that then you've already sort of started planning out the next one. Yeah, there's already four or five songs that are that are in the works wow. for the next record. And uh, is it the same sort of direction, do you think, as this one? Um, well, what, what I, personally what I would like to see on the next record would be, I would like to see... A, a few songs that are even heavier than anything that made it on this record. I would personally like to have um, at least one song that's that's in the six to eight minute mark. Um, I would like to have something that, you know, kind of like a Road to Madness length, you know, that's a ten minute song. Yeah. You know, something that really morphs into another animal, but, but does it seamlessly and can still be under one song title. Um, uh, you know, I, I'd like to be able to experiment with some of my higher screams that are a little more edgy and a little grittier. But, you know, I think that this album was... I think that there's some some quality of, of safety. Uh, you know, I didn't get real scratchy on it. I, I, I tried to sing it cleaner. Um and uh, it's a very delicate balance that you have, Paul, um, between introducing a new singer when all these people are, you know, want to compare me to the to the great days of Jeff. Sure. Um, and I and I get it, but you know, I can't I can't be too too different. I, I have to still sing my way, but you know, there were some songs where I really wanted to get super dirty and do some Ron Halford type of, you know, high gritty screams. Yeah. And, uh, but, but the song content wasn't, wasn't terribly heavy. And so it didn't, there wasn't a lot of, uh, I guess the song didn't dictate for me to do that yet. So if we get into something that's a little more heavy, perhaps I can introduce, you know, a, a cool growl that goes into a solo, <laughs> yeah. you know, or uh, get into some really evil, sh sick shit, you know, like like a Rob Halford, like something off of Fight or Halford, you know, just just make it just pure evil, you know. That that's the kind of stuff that I like to do. Um, this record is a first. Uh, I think it's a really good starting point for the band and and for me, you know. Um, I'm, I'm really happy about it. Overall, I have no complaints. Uh, and, and what's happened just in my life, and I'm sure I'm not like the only one that sort of drifted away, uh, as yourself did, to, to have the band sort of rejuvenated like it has been, it's pretty fucking exciting for, for us fans to think, wow, this is, this is what we loved. And um, I noticed that on the song uh, Don't Look Back and uh, Redemption that you're writing as well. Uh, I just wondered um, how how accepting the band was of you kicking off with lyrics and things like that as well. Well, Don't Look Back was the first song that I ever wrote with Michael. And uh, 
loved it, you know. I mean, I, out of the nine songs that have lyrics on the record, I wrote uh, I wrote the lyrics for six of them. Wow. Uh, Parker wrote the lyrics to Where Dreams Go to Die, and Eddie wrote the lyrics to Fall Out and In This Light. Um, and then a, a lot of the drumming that you hear was my writing for Where Dreams Go to Die. And then the outro guitar melody for Open Road was taken from a guitar solo that I wrote for that song. I, I had an idea uh, for for this solo, and I said, well, fuck it, I'm just going to track it. So I recorded it and sent it to the guys and said, hey, Michael, you know, I hope you're not going to be upset. I, I put a guitar solo in the song. If, if there's any inspiration or a melody that you can take from it and do your own thing with it, you know, great. If not, you can throw the whole thing away. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I have a heavier style of bending. Um, and so, but he ended up taking the notes and, and the overall vibe and melody that I had for part of this solo and uh, used it and looped it, you know, kept playing it for the outro of that song. So they were all really very gracious and um, everyone was a very integral part of the songwriting, um, from letting me come up with drum ideas to guitars to, to Scott writing guitar parts. I mean, when, when Spore, Open Road, Fallout, and A World Without were first written, Scott wrote those. And they were all, all the guitars, all the drums. I mean, he did all of those parts. And, uh, and then once we said, yeah, that's cool, you know, Michael translated it on his guitar with Parker. And, and then he made it his way and, and, you know, made it how Michael Wilton, how would, how would Queensryche play it on guitar? Yeah. And that's how it kind of evolved. And then Michael did some arranging changes and created sections that were non-existent at the time. So it was really, uh, and honestly, it was a true band collaboration, which was really, really cool. When you were recording the action, when you're in the vocal booth and you're recording them vocals, that must have been an exciting time for you. Um, it was exciting, but you know there were times where my voice just sounded like shit, and I just said, "Well, not today, guys. I'm I'm burned out. You know, I, I gotta I gotta come back to this tomorrow because I'm really hoarse. There, there's no way that I'm gonna sing this chorus clean." And uh, we have to go on to something else, you know. Um, so there, it was. There were stressful moments for me, but when, when it was all finally done, um, yeah, there were those moments where you're like, "Holy shit! I'm I'm in a vocal booth, and I'm singing songs that are gonna be on a new Queensrÿche album that I'm the new vocalist." <laughs> yeah, there were moments where it was very surreal, and. Uh, you know, um, very gratifying, and it's hard to put into words what that's like, but it's, it's definitely um, a wonderful experience, and I'm, 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 I'm beyond thankful. If I never got to do it ever again for the rest of my life, I, I can actually say I've, I've made it, I've done it, I, I did something historical in, in, in a legendary band's career, to be the next singer of this great band was monumental and um, good, bad, or indifferent, depending on who you talk to. 
for me, it's been all good, and for the band members, it's been all good. Well, you know, and, you 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 put it this way. You you know, there was different record labels vying for for your signatures. You know, so that's got to that's got to feel good. Yeah, it really it really does because I don't know what kind of offers they were getting. You know, the last couple of years, but from what I understand, you know. Um, a lot of new doors have opened for the band that were closed for several years. And, uh, you know, we have an awesome new management company who's one of the, one of the best artist management companies in the world. And uh, we have Century Media as our record label, who's really great. And they're really pushing the album well. And, re you know, all of, all of the people's resources that are connected to our team are, are really awesome, and so it definitely seems like things are are um, reinvigorated, and there's a new enthusiasm among the band members that that just didn't exist. And uh, oh, you can totally hear that in the, in the songs. Well, that's great. You know, I mean, that's that's what we want. You know, there's uh, there there's some really great, and you know, Scott. You know, Scott does film scores. And uh, so he's, he's that's, that's another world that he lives in is the movie world. And so when it comes to all of the really cool, like A World Without, you know, the orchestra, the orchestrations that he composed for that are huge. I mean, that's a 72 or 80 piece orchestra and there's, there's tuned timpani drums and, you know, there's really great violins and a triangle and a, a choir and there's all these really cool elements that um, some some metal bands do it, but you know the beauty of a band like Queensrÿche is they were never boxed in. They were always free to to have a song that just kicked you in the balls, and then had another beautiful song like I Will Remember. You know, so so to have that flexibility today um, makes the creative process a lot more fun because you're not boxed in. Well, my editor would um, uh, kill me if I didn't ask, and I know there's not a lot you can ask about it, and I also know that you've already sort of gone through this in other interviews, but there's a couple of things uh, that haven't really been answered in this, and it's all, it's all about this ongoing uh, the court case and uh, the, the sort of differences with Jeff. Um, the first thing I, I need to know is um, if... Uh, bid Queensryche is unsuccessful and you know Jeff um, is awarded the rights to the name what's the plans for you guys what what do you have you, you must have talked about it I, I can't see it happening but you never know what 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 are the plans well that's a very fair question um, <coughs> I have two answers for that number one no, number one would be I, we haven't entertained Plan B that much because these guys really feel confident enough in their corporate contracts that they're the majority. They had every right to fire uh, a, a member, and uh, there will have to be likely some type of financial compensation for, for that person's percentage of the corporation or the band name or whatever, whatever it is. That's, that's my first part of my answer. The second part of my answer would be 
if in fact that these guys are not awarded the name, um, I assume that we will still 100% continue to keep playing and make records. And, uh, you know, we would probably have to go out under another band name. And then it would really be up to the, to the masses to, to, to determine um, how they're going to support us. Um, certainly, there's a lot of value in the name Queensryche from a, yeah, business, yeah. from a business perspective. However, there's also a lot to be said for the guys that are playing. And I think that there's a, a, a tremendous value in that as well. And, um, you know, because there's two versions right now, that's kind of a testament to, to the value of, of who you're going to see because right now there's two bands using the same band name. So, you know, I mean, our album is going to be released in 10 days for Europe and 11 days for the United States. And we know what those sales figures were for the other side's album. And, you know, we're, we're hopeful um, and quite confident that our that our sales for the first week will will certainly exceed that. And that in and of itself is a testament to the fans and what they want to go by. Now, I'm not telling them that they should not go see Jeff. I think that if they, if they love Jeff and that band, then they should go see him. And I would never try to tell people do not support him or that band. That would be completely unethical. It would be very wrong, and it's not a good quality to, to have. Sure. So. Um, so I have my own personal views about what I think, but but certainly I would always encourage, if they can find music from, from him that they love, then I want them to support him. If they can find it in us, obviously I want our support. And if everyone likes it all, well, then that's just more good music to spread around because that's what it's really about, is about the music. Um, but, you know, Michael and Scott and Eddie have also worked their entire life and are the songwriters of these songs. And, um, you know, they have every bit of, every right to carry on with this name as a majority. And, uh, you know, Scott has always said in interviews that for, for, you know, Queensryche has always been about the collective group, not about any one person. So my, my personal view, although it'll probably be condemned for me saying it out loud, but in my personal opinion, and I don't mean just with Jeff, I mean any other band, uh, to, 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 for one person to call themselves a band's name is not really fair. And, um, and it's also, look, these are the guys that, that not only wrote the songs, but these are the guys that performed the songs. Nobody's going to play these songs better than the guy that wrote it. Nobody's going to sing Johnny Cash better than Johnny Cash. True that. Look, I can't sing Jeff. I'm not Jeff Tate's voice. I just try to do the best I can at representing the old stuff. That's why it's important for me to, to create new music with the band. But... Nobody's going to play um, Eddie Van Halen's parts quite like Eddie Van Halen. They might do a hell of a good job. But people want to see, you know, they, it's 
authentic to them because it's their own music. So, um, you know, he has a lot of great musicians that are playing with him. And, uh, but I don't think that the music is being played accurately and correctly. And he's even been quoted as saying that he enjoys their interpretation of the music. So <laughs> they're not playing it perfectly like the record. The guys that I play with are because it's their music. So, you know, these fans are very critical. And um, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I think that that matters. I really do. Well, have you ever met him? Ever met Jeff? I've met him two times. I met him once when I was 18 years old. No I, way. I drove to a music store and had the band sign my warning CD cover, and I have a photograph with Jeff and Chris DeGarmo. I also met Jeff about a year and a half to two years ago when Queensryche played their 30th anniversary tour in Clearwater, Florida. Uh, it was the last show of that tour, and um, I was the last one in the line, and I went through and met Parker and Michael and Jeff and Scott, and I talked with Jeff for about a minute and basically just said, my name's Todd Latore. I sing for a band called Crimson Glory. Um, I just want to say that you are a huge vocal inspiration to me and largely responsible for the reason why I sing in this style. I think you sounded great tonight. It's really a pleasure to meet you. And um, thank you for, you know, for all that you've done vocally, uh, you know, throughout your career. And that was pretty much it. You know, he looked at me and smiled and said, thank you. And he didn't say another word to me. He kind of looked around like, is there anybody else to talk to? And so I got my picture taken with him and I have it. And uh, that was my, that was my uh, only verbal real interaction. It, it wasn't much of, it wasn't a conversation. It was me. Yeah him and then him saying thank you and that was it but yes i have met him two times that's what a great story that is yeah. and that, well it sort of answers my I've, I've never told that story in an interview by the way until now <laughs> fantastic that's great. Well, it sort of answers my next question because I was I was going to say I don't know if you you were actually a huge queens right fan back in the day but it appears you were yeah my my sister used to date this guy in high school and he was a drummer, really good drummer. And um, he gave me a tape of the Operation Mindcrime. And I remember putting it in my tape player. And uh, fa or, let's see, I, I fast forward. There was an introduction. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was like 14, I think. And I, and I pushed fast forward. And uh, I didn't have the little selector where it would smart select the next song. So it went to the end of the tape, and I thought, okay, well, let's flip it over and try it again. And it did it again. And I was like, okay, I guess I got to, like, listen to it to get to the, to the first song. <laughs> yeah. And so I did, and uh, I, I liked it. And then I, I tried to fast forward to the next song and found myself, you know, having to stop and play and stop and play for because of the song transition. And... And then I just got frustrated and said, nah, forget it. So, uh, a few nights later, I was laying in bed and I said, all right, I really want to know what's so great about this band. So I, I, I put my headphones on, turned the lights off, and just hit play.
Iron Maiden fan. And uh, and that's when I, I went back to the record store and I and I found the warning. I said, oh, another record from this band. Let, let's, let's buy this. This is an older one. Let's, let's see what it's like. And that was my favorite album. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and because I was uh, a drummer and learning, uh, you know, Scott wasn't doing these drum fills that were, you know, it wasn't that kind of drumming. It was his placement of the drum fills and the time signatures they were doing and songs like, you know, Before the Storm. And it was really captivating to me. And that was when I, I became a fan of the band. And uh, I thought um, Roads to Madness was like a game changer, that song. Oh, totally. I mean... Yeah, it, it's such a great song, and, and we have so much fun playing that song. Oh, wow, you're still playing it. That's fantastic. Yeah, we, we play it. Uh, you'll have to go on YouTube. There, there's a couple really... I think my best performance of that was in Regina, Canada. And if you type in... Uh, yeah, it's writing it down. There, there's one where, where I played at a casino, and uh, we played there, and... That's probably my best vocal performance of that song, but we play it in its entirety. You know, even the, the fast, heavy part at the end. Yeah. We do it from beginning to end in our set. And uh, it's, it's really it's, it's a great song. Because um, before that, for me, there, there was Maiden, and then and I thought I, there's another band that does a long song that I want to listen to from beginning to end. And yeah, uh, yeah that was that. It's Queensryche for me. Yeah, I was a huge Iron Maiden fan, Queensryche. Those are my two favorites. Then I got really big into Striper, even though I'm an atheist. Um, I, I I just love Michael Sweet's singing and his screams and their guitar harmonies. They're just really a really great band and great songs. And uh, then I got into to Halloween and Testament and Dawkins I was a big fan of. And... Um, uh, Faith Warning. So, you know, those are the bands that, that I still listen to today that I, that I very much love. But but it was the vocal, you know, the oh, 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 oh that real heavy, swoopy vibrato that always captivated me. And then, well, then you just get into the overall songwriting of Queensryche, and they were very much ahead of their time. I think even, um, that was so weird about Queensryche, and uh, it was the, the front cover, cover of Operation Mindcrime. Again, it was like forward thinking. It doesn't have to be like uh, devil horns and, you know. Yeah, yeah, they, I mean, completely. Even Rage for Order. I mean, it was so ahead of its time. Talking cool. about computers and all this kind of stuff. It's like nobody was, you know, <laughs> some of their stuff was really obscure and out there. I mean, the lyrics to the road to madness are completely crazy. I mean, <laughs> you know, like, uh, I remember asking the guys in the band, do you, do you even know the words to the song? They're like, no. And I said, well, let me just tell you, <laughs> during the fast part, you know, it's like, uh, stay on the course to pass. Uh, to pass, you'll never find the answer to a place where darkened angels seem lost and never found. You know, it's like, wow, those are, you know, scream, uh, Scream to see the light of forming figures fast behind you. Lay your path to the wind to spin, and your fate will sail beyond the open plain. It's like, that's pretty deep shit. Yeah, it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So, uh, 
you're, you're living a life at the moment and as a fan for your, uh, you know purely as a fan i know you're a, a top quality vocalist I, I know you're in a band that is fired up again and it's a great time for you but forgetting all that as a fan you must be loving it feel like an asshole for um for stopping someone else's interview at the moment so i am gonna have to go okay because i know how that feels but uh thank you so much fella it's been fantastic hope you enjoyed that one me having a chat with toddler tour from queensryche you know what to do 
This was another 0.5 episode, of course, but we have regular episodes every single Saturday. Me and Dan talking about things like magazines, about what we've been listening to, old stories from uh, our past, new stories from our present, and then we talk about music some more. It's pretty much music-based. We are Different Times Podcast. If you head over to Instagram, you can find me on Different Times Podcast. I'm on Notweller Pod. Uh, where is that? That's Twitter. And yeah, just say hello to me on Facebook. I'm Paul Waller there. That's it, man. We're all done. Different Times Podcast. Out.